Jeff Speakman is the perfect weapon. A cop who does things his way. The city is about to explode. But there's one man who knows no limits. The next cop ought to know enough to stay out of the gang business. Only a fragile truce keeps the peace. April wants war. The city will burn. Now, there's a new threat. Status. All clear. Organized. Let's go. Equipped. Deadly. Renegades out for revenge on the city. This land all talk of a gang truce. Everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JB. And I'm Randy. And today we took a look at a movie called Street Night from 1993, starring Jeff Speakman. Yep, directed by Albert Magnoli. Not Albert Pune, very, very important distinction. Uh, also starring Christopher Niame and Bernie Casey. Yep. And there might have been a woman in there somewhere, Jennifer Gotti. I guess is her her name. She played Rebecca Sanchez. It's hard to tell with this movie. We watched like a Vaseline smeared VHS rip of it on yep. on some third party service. Because it's one of those movies that has not been re released by by I guess it's MGM who owns it now. Because I think they own all of Canon's later stuff, all the stuff after the cousins split up. So this movie is about uh, the self. Well, not self-proclaimed, but the the, na- the titular character, Jeff Speakman's street knight, who is an ex-cop, who is involved in a gang war, and who has to save uh, a girl's brother who saw... How do, you, how do you describe what he saw? He saw a ex-cop and his cadre try to start the gang war. Yeah. So he has... Basically, he has the evidence. He's, he's a witness to yeah. show that the gang war is not actually built on real... It's not real gang war. It's, it's not a real gang war. It's somebody trying war. to instigate a gang war. So um, that's... And he also saw a kid die and blames himself, so he retired from the police corps. Uh, police course? Police, uh, <laughs> the corp. police course. Yes. Police corp. Uh, <laughs> it's a cyberpunk show now, JD. It's the police corp. Nice. Yeah, and so the whole movie is about him settling this whole uh, dispute. That's more or less uh, it. So my general impression of this show, of this show, is actually that the is show. that this feels like mm-hmm. it was meant to be a pilot for a TV show, where the titular street knight would mm-hmm. go around episode by episode trying to help the people that can't approach the cops. That sounds like a very typical show of that era. Because so that's what it felt like, me. even down to the pacing. The only difference from a TV pilot is that it was a lot more violent oh, than yeah. a TV. Like, their actual hits connected and everything. Oh, yeah. But this was very bad. much a proto-walker, almost, without and, and, Chuck uh, Norris. Yeah. Interesting little tidbit is apparently uh, one of the last produced canon movies. Too. Yeah, this is one of the last produced they will continue to distribute films mm-hmm. after this point until '96. Yeah, but this is their last produced canon film. Because apparently they went bankrupt uh, not long after this movie was finished. Yeah, they just existed in name, and they were still putting out the stuff that they were contractually obligated to put out. So it stands to reason after this point, we don't even know when the movie was produced or made. We just know that's when it was released. It was '93, so this might have probably was made in '92, '91. It's, it's possible. Like the last couple of films we've watched where it's kind of murky when it was actually produced and released. 
Villainy knows that this was done after The Perfect Weapon, which is Jeff Speakman's first movie, which was done in 91. In uh, South America, this movie is called The Perfect Weapon 2. Yeah, for very good reason. That movie was a surprising success uh, when it came out. And there's a pretty good interview with Jeff Speakman on um, Scott Adkins' uh, YouTube uh, channel. Because he interviews uh, action uh, stars, and he act, interviewed him to ask him what was going on at the time, and uh, he said he was doing the perfect weapon, which uh, it's a long story how that happened. But after that movie came out, uh, there was a weird bidding war, and his producer, I think it was, uh, really screwed with him, and he basically had no option but to do a, a canon movie because he couldn't do anything else. He couldn't go to another studio. He couldn't do a movie for this studio. So he ended up doing a movie for Canon, and then, oddly enough, it ended up being one of the last movies Canon produced. So after that, all he was left with was even lower stuff, which is like C tier, D tier. And uh, his career never managed to get back on track, so he just stopped acting after that. Yeah, because I'm looking at what he uh, he did afterwards, and I've so he's not from back heard... to martial arts. I did have not heard of a single one of these movies. Yeah, he really... let, let me name a couple of his. Uh movies after this you have the expert mm -hmm. in 94 you have deadly outbreak in 95 tell me if you've heard of any of these movies by the way mm -hmm. uh 96 he did time lock where he played mcmasters i just like the name mcmasters yeah uh he did a tv movie called escape from atlantis mm -hmm. uh another one in 97 called plato's run 98 he did memorial day mm -hmm. and scorpio one a lot of it was but in 99 TV land TV. of the free and hot boys yeah, yeah this is a lot of it was like PM Entertainment stuff. It was like really, really low budget. So. Extremely low budget just based on the names. Like his last film was Striking Range, a.k.a. Bloodlines in 2006. Yeah, by that point he just like, he went back to martial arts. I, I honestly am interested, kind of interested in uh, the perfect uh, weapon. Yeah, I did. Because you don't see Ken Po a lot in moves, movies. No. I covered the the perfect weapon in uh, the Gaiden episodes when we were off because uh, I, I it sounded interesting to me. And I, the and Gaiden I, episodes, aka the uh, COVID COVID pandemic uh, quarantine episodes. Yeah, but that movie was pretty good, so I was interested to see if he did anything else. And this is pretty much the only other movie he did that he would even say. Uh, if you're gonna see any movie of mine, see the Perfect Weapon and Street Night, and don't bother with anything else. And I don't think I will because. Uh, this movie was okay. It wasn't fantastic or anything. No, it wasn't fantastic. It, like I said, it felt like it was a TV pilot on a movie, a mm -hmm. low-budget movie budget. Yeah, it was a pretty standard uh, type, type of deal. Uh, we've seen this story before. It's sort of like the last couple of movies we covered. It felt like canon at this point. It's just, we've got this script. Let's just make it into a movie, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, and as I've been joking about this thing, like, Street Nights! Like, it would be like a, a 90s cartoon, mm -hmm. but... Honestly, it has a cliched as heck, generic kind of plot line, but it, it kind of handled it fairly well. Yeah. And it fairly, it's like jo Jeff Speakman is was actually a very good action star from what I've seen just in this one movie. Mm -hmm. Even if the movie seemed to underserve him, but the action, his his actual martial arts work was decent. Yes, he's really good, especially like if you see the perfect weapon, you see uh, all of that. He was, I think, he career choreographed a lot of that in that movie i don't know about this movie because i don't think there's a whole lot uh, known about the production of this movie because it was near the end of canon and i don't think i, I don't think so either like the box office is the only information you can find i can find out the release date 
mm-hmm. which was March 12, 1993 in the U.S., yeah. Um, I have found the box office, which was eight thousand. Sorry, eight hundred and forty-one thousand and fifteen dollars. That's how much it made in the box office. Yeah. So it had a theatrical release. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. We don't know where. And that's it. The only other little piece of trivia that might be part of this that I could say is that mm-hmm. I'm stalling here. That this was literally <laughs> the last produced film by Canon. Mm, and somehow ended up being our 100th episode overall. I don't know how that happened, but uh, interesting tidbit. Oh, and and the big goof that at the end of the film he shoots a guy 20 times and never reloads his uh, handgun. Yeah, that's true. That was kind of bizarre, but it, uh, it's but the that's the, the 90s. It's the end of the movie. Nobody really cares at that point. Although, um, I guess we might as well go into the highlight. The best part was when he got to do martial arts. Yeah, that was the only <laughs> part where I would look away from what I was doing, like some background work for can- for the Cannon Cruisers. I was just like, oh, cool, action sequence. Let me watch this. Okay. Like when he actually got to do it, which wasn't that often, unfortunately. And honestly, though, there was a little bit of a... Um, the story-wise, it reminded me of um, mm-hmm. Red Harvest a little bit. A little bit of a Yujimbo Sanjiro type of a situation of going between the two gangs and going through the, the three things, trying to figure it out. Yeah. And oh. trying to instigate it, but in case he wasn't trying to instigate, he was trying to bring it down. He's trying to do the opposite. It was, yeah. Uh, like trying but to but there was, there's a that. very kind of noir, not noir tinge, but noir plot going on in the background. Yeah. And if it was uh, probably done like, I, I would have guessed, a couple of years earlier, it might have had more of that touch. But, but like I said, by this point, uh, it was just kind of, we have this thing, let's just produce it and put it out there. So, it might make us some money. Mm. But yeah, the, the, definitely the highlight of the movie, without a doubt, is the martial arts stuff. And it's a shame there wasn't more of it. But I guess you take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, so here's a better description of what we were saying. Because apparently we missed this. That You're like, he's an ex-cop. But no, apparently it was a bunch of active cops that were trying to start a gang war. Really? It's not... ten. Doesn't seem to be what they were talking That's about. That's what the summary says on it. Jeff Speakman stars as Jake, an ex-cop who is still reeling from the death of a hostage who he feels responsible for. However, he finds a chance for redemption when a group of cops try to provoke a gang war so they can take over the streets. I don't think so because they had their fingerprints burned off and everything like that. I don't... I think that might be a mistake. Uh, yeah, maybe. But anyway, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, highlight for me, I'll agree with you, is the action. Uh, the, the action is very... It, it's, it's good to see his, the martial arts. Yes, it is. It's nice to see. Like I said, uh, you don't see Kempo a whole lot, so when you get to see it, it's actually quite fun to watch. Low lights, though, there are kind of many, but I'm going to specifically call... Like, I don't want to call out the kind of boring plot. Mm. I don't want to call out that. I want to call out the acting. Other than Jeff Speakman, everybody else in this movie was just either playing a stereotype really badly or mm. acting really badly as in the case of uh, miss sanchez like in the character of miss sanchez it's like <laughs> they, they, everybody was bad everybody nobody could act in this film yeah not real. there wasn't really good acting unfortunately like i said i could nick could talk about the plot being a negative but yeah, it's fine it's not really that much of a distraction you pretty much know the type of story it's going to be when it starts and where it's going most of the time but not really that distracting there's enough action to really uh sell it but the uh, acting itself is kind of it's kind of weak yeah it's it's not kind of it's really weak and even <laughs> then jeff speakman is no shakespearean actor hmm. but he was probably the best actor in the film oh it's not even close i don't think even if it was just him and his brooding good looks glaring angrily at the camera after the little girl gets killed by the fat ewan mcgregor looking fellow <laughs> Uh, at the beginning, here comes another weird accent. 
Yeah, my accents have been all over the place today. <laughs> so yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, that's probably that probably would be the weakest part. Um, like I said, the rest of it is just pretty standard stuff, but that's kind of a glaring thing you notice. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that as we get as we're nearing the end of canon, that our excitement about the movies are uh, waning. But with that said, I will give this movie, still I'll give it a three. It's not a bad, bad movie. It's, it's, a, it's another one of those movies that I could probably make an argument to say, ah, I didn't like it, but I didn't, I didn't feel greatly either way. Mm-hmm. It's just that I saw uh, the potential for it to be something better. Yeah, it's probably a, a concept that could definitely be done better by uh, other people, but for what... JD, it's... Execution is fine. <laughs> we just said that it's generic as all get out. Of course the concept could be done better. Well, yeah, it is. That's the problem. Well, that's the biggest problem with this era of canon as they're winding down is that uh, they don't really have as much of the wild stuff they used to do. And there's nothing really crazier out there. Uh, even in the last couple of movies, there's some action sequences where you go, okay, that wasn't half which, bad. Which one stayed with the canon? Uh, which of the cousins again? Was it Globus or Golan? It was uh, Glo- Glo- Globus that stayed. I think Golan might have been the, the wacky, weirdo one. He was because he was the director of some of those movies. So yes. he was definitely more on the creative side. So I think that's what happened is once the creative side went, Cause was, the money side stayed and it's like, how can we make this cheap as possible? Because you need like, more Like, if this movie, if, if it had a Sam Furstenberg, I think it, it's like, well, that's something we didn't really talk about. The the directing was very TV level, very yeah. not, very static camera. Kevin Smith put a camera there yeah. and they talk. Though it, the cinematography and the way he handled the the actual action sequence, sequences were fine. Yes, that was fine. A little TV showy, but not too much. Yeah, I think that might have been it. If this movie came out like maybe a couple of years before, it would have had more like crazy stuff going on in it but because of the point they're at where they're just kind of we have this thing let's just put it out there they're just kind of just doing that so it doesn't really have any it's another one of those contractually obligated to release this film that sort of thing yeah so uh yeah i would also agree i'd give it a three like that it's uh, not enough to really hate it there's not enough to really love it it's just kind of uh, okay I'd actually kind of feel like I'm kicking a puppy if I was to give it lower than a three, because it's a totally functional, it's totally watchable. Yeah. It's just, it's just that it's generic. It's generic. I guess that's really the only thing you could say about it. And I would say, um, if you haven't seen this Jeff Speakman movie, to just watch The Perfect Weapon instead of this one. But if you've watched that and you want to see a little bit more, might as well. I mean, you're going to get some more Kempo, so give it a shot. But other than that... Um, I guess that's all I really got to say about this one. Yep, we are the Cannon Cruisers. I'm Randy. And I'm JD. And keep cruising that Cannon catalog. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We're Cannon Films. And we're Dynamite. land all talk of a gang truce they keep our friends in the department busy but they didn't count on one man willing to fight to hold his world together now it's my turn no one benefits from war eight ball barrett's dropped out of sight you lost them you'll find him i want double shifts on the streets i want every rock turned over and every door kicked in i want barrett so what are you gonna do whatever it takes Ah!
the perfect weapon, Jeff Speakman. We got to blast him. I say we hit him now. I want the war to begin. You're not that big. Think about it. Heroes don't come easy. Street Night.